Well, thanks again for the invitation to be with you tonight. I was just telling Father Joe that, um, so I was assigned to the cathedral from 2016 to 2018, and I don't think I recognize a single face. Um, that's not on you, that's just the beauty of this kind of group that like, I think it, it completes its, its it, it fulfills what it's supposed to do, building community, but hopefully also encouraging people to really take ownership of their faith and eventually leads to taking a step in another direction, maybe another ministry, maybe another way of getting involved in your faith. Um, a lot of people end up getting married, <laughs> so that's why they're no longer with us here right now, right? But uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing to be intentional about the way that we're trying to live our faith. Um, so uh, I'm the vocation director for the Archdiocese, and usually when people contact me or my office, um, it has to do with that. Like, okay, I'm thinking about becoming a priest, or I'm wondering about what God's will is in my life, um, or I just need help on some guidance. Somebody told me that I could reach out to you. You can help me, kind of direct me in, in this, this, this process, you know? Um, so when I got the, the invitation to come here, I was like, oh yeah, to talk on discernment? Of course, that's like my cup of tea at this point. You know, that's what I do. I don't know if I'm actually good at it, but I'm supposed to be. <laughs> she told me I need to do, you know? But I'm doing my best. Um, but it was so funny because in the email it said like, we know that you're the vocation director, but like we're talking about just like everyday decision making. Like we're gonna start there. And then obviously there's gonna be some intertwining. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. And then the more I thought, I'm like, how do, how do you discern outside of discerning your vocation, right? Because you get so immersed in that world. And I think in the church in general, that word discernment does carry that kind of weight. Discernment equals, should I be a priest? Or should I get married? Or should I go into a convent or a monastery or whatever? If you spend enough time in the church, those words kind of become associated, or those kind of types of, of, of ideas, anyway. Um, but it's beautiful to take a step back and understand that there's, there's, there's varying levels when we're talking about discernment. Um, the macro level, all right? What is it that the Lord has prepared for me in this life? How is it that I'm called to like live this life with purpose? Um, what is the, the, the design that he has had for me from the moment he knit me together in my mother's womb as we hear in Jeremiah, right? Macro, big level, kind of daunting, pretty frightening, complicated, takes a long time. Father Joe was in seminary for a while because of it. You know, the whole thing is that kind of discernment does, does require um, a lot of very direct guidance. Even as for, for those people who are discerning marriage, for example, the church proposes um, that they receive preparation in that in that process. Why? Because it, there's also a discernment that's taking place there. Even if the decision has already made, been made, like I'm gonna, we're gonna get married, we're engaged, okay, but have, you, have we journeyed together in discernment of what that vocation actually is, right? So that's the macro, and then there's the micro, I would call it, you know, in the sense like more everyday things. Now, because it's more um, everyday things that we're going to kind of be exploring, or at least the principles of decision making. Um, one of the things that we have to, I'm just gonna give you a caveat. Some of the stuff that I'm gonna say, say to you is very simple, and it's not gonna be anything that changes your life. But what I've also learned as a priest, uh, I've been a priest for eight and a half years now, what I've also learned is that it's the very simple things that we throw by the wayside first. It's the very simple principles of living out our faith and understanding like good decision making is those very simple things that we tend to like undermine or disregard and then we get stuck in a situation 
or a tension or an anxiety because we kind of jumped over those very simple principles that should always be a part of the way that we live our life and the things that we do. Um, I like um, I like literature. I like etymology. I don't know if anybody else here is weird like that, but thank you. But it's one of those things where like it just opens up a world. And I remember I, I was not a good student in high school, but when I got to college, I, um, I really kind of the Lord really just broke my heart open to to language. Um, and so etymology is always important for me. And I, what I love about like giving talks and like or even just my own personal endeavors and studying and reading is learning how like a word can change many things, right? So I'm gonna try and do that right now with the word the, the, the word discernment, right? So um, it comes from the Latin discernere, which it literally means to separate or to divide, to sift, um, to take a cern to something, right? And that kind of begins to make sense. If you read just the first part of it, to separate or divide is a little scary because there's another word, it's in Greek, Diabalein, which is the same word that we use for the devil, which also means to divide. But this is not that. So just let's, let's make that very clear. Because this kind of uh, separation or division that's taking place is, is something that is less of a scattering, that that's like what the devil does, he scatters, um, and more of a sense of like putting things properly where they are supposed to be, placing and understanding things in their proper place. And essentially, when we're talking about discernment, that's exactly what it is. It's being able to say, okay, here's this situation, this decision that I have to make, this situation that I find myself in. I need to make a decision, but to do it well, I need to place things where they are supposed to be. I need to understand what they are, right? And at a certain point, that's exactly what um, the church uh, proposes that discernment should look like. So one of the best images that I've learned and that I continue to use, um, and if you go to, if we end, you end up crossing paths again in either a retreat or another talk, you're probably gonna hear me use this image again, but I love it. Um, the image, the best image that I have found for discernment is like the image of panning for gold. And the reason for that is that it's, it's it kind of presents a lot of really beautiful things to reflect on, right? But uh, has anybody ever been panning for gold here? Okay. So you can help me out if I get it wrong because I haven't been panning for gold, but I think this is what it is. It better be because I've been using this image for a long time, right? But the idea is that you would take a sift into like the water, and the water is not just clear water. I mean, obviously you're looking for gold, so it's there's sand and there's other things. If you take it to like a very like instead of going to a place that kind of does it for you, they, you know they, they put the little specks of gold in there for you and all that, you actually go looking for gold, let's say, in a creek somewhere, for example, right? The idea is that you put the sift into the, the pan, into the, into the water, and you lift up. And as you're lifting, you're shaking, and things are falling through the grates. And what's happening is they're, they're exposing, they're revealing what is left behind. And if you're honest, what's left behind is not just little specks of gold. It's a big rock here, some mud, leaves, twigs, trash, there's a lot of stuff there. I, that image applies so beautifully with discernment because if you kind of, I kind of take it in terms of like, what's in your heart, right? If you were to pan your heart for gold, what would be left over, right? At a certain point, that's kind of the work that it takes to discern properly. You have, you have to go in there and lift up whatever, whatever, you carry, whatever you're carrying, right? 
shake it a little bit, things fall through and things are revealed. And we would love for what the only thing to be revealed is this beautiful, like, chunks of gold. The reality is, in our humanity, that's just probably not going to be the case, right? So what's left behind? Again, what is that big rock? What is that pillar? What is that stone? What is that leaf? What is that chunk of mud? What is that piece of trash? You can spiritualize that in many ways. Like, what's left in your heart? There's definitely some goodness in there, right? Because God made you good. And there's something beautiful there that to, to be uncovered. But if you're honest, you've got to identify what those things are. All right, what is this wound? What is this habit? What is this addiction? What is this sin? What is this fear? What is this desire? And you have to address it. Because then the idea that of you like separating even those things, you have to come into contact with them. You have to deal with them. You can't ask somebody else to do it. It's your sifting that's happening, right? So what it, what it, what it requires is this. Um, in the same image, the truth. What is revealed to you when you pull that sift up? What is left, right? The next thing it requires is honesty. Can you accept what's there? Or are you just going to bury it back in the ground? Because that's not going to lead you anywhere, right? The idea is you have to, with honesty, you have to accept what's there. A wound, a sin, whatever it is. Whatever it is. All right. Then you need courage because it's pretty difficult to be honest about like the condition of our heart sometimes. And so what it requires is courage. And that means that it requires that we don't just want to give up throw the pan down and go back to our former way. No, you're there. You've revealed what it is. Now it's time to actually work on that, right? Um, and what that is is a resolve for like progress. Okay, Lord, you've revealed this to me. Now I'm going to get through this. Now I'm going to work through this with your grace. I'm going to work through these different pieces that have been revealed in my heart. And finally, um, action, right? How do you make it so that what remains is that beautiful good piece of gold, Right? And the action is the fruit of a good discernment, right? Um, so the, that image is like really beautiful to pray with. Like if you're ever like in a situation, like try to apply that image in some ways. It falls apart eventually, I guess. If you, any 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 kind of um, image or symbol will fall apart. But but in a way, like it's a beautiful thing, simple thing to pray with as well. All right. The idea is like, why would we do this kind of thing? You know, why would we? Like, want to go deep into our heart and find out what's there and, like, deal with it. Like, that's not comfortable. That's not something that, like, if we feel like we even have the time or energy to do. You know, we have our whole lives. You know, why would we want to do that? Well, uh, it's because we're not just making decisions for the everyday, like, way of living. Like, okay, should I wear these type of clothes today? Should I, you know, have this for lunch? Like, yeah, those decisions, you know how to make those decisions. Um, even then, like, I make the wrong decisions. I can only have Chick-fil-A so many times, right? <laughs> but the idea is that you're not learning the art of discernment or the skill of discernment, the discipline of discernment, because you need to figure out what you're going to wear. You're doing it because you're a disciple. And there are no accidental saints. It just doesn't work that way, right? If you're going to be a saint... You have to be intentional about it. People don't just wake up 
and like accidentally become holy. It doesn't work that way, right? And we think sometimes we operate in that way. Like, oh, one day, like, grace is just going to, like, break through and I'm just going to be, like, healed and this great, like, saint. And it's like, no, that's not, that's not how it's going to work. I hate to break it to you. Um, but it's, there's something really beautiful about that awareness as well because, again, it's greater than us, right? But we do have to be intentional about what we're doing. So this intentional discipleship is an acknowledgement that, like, what we do matters, and the way that we live and the way that we plan to live our life, it, it has everything to do with the way that we're going to um, journey on the path to holiness. Let me tell you something. This, <laughs> this vague cloud that seems to be taking over a lot of people's like way of living, uh, this idea that like you can you know remain in this obscure sense of religiosity, like oh, like, I'm a good person, I don't hurt anybody, I love God, I pray every once in a while, I don't kill anyone, but that's the standard, right? But, like, but like this, a lot of people, including, like, many of us, will at some point, like, find ourselves in that space where it's like, I'm generally, like, this, this good person. Well, that's, that's, that's cute. <laughs> that's all it is. Because a saint is not just in this obscure cloud. A saint is specific. What a saint does is specific. The way that they love is specific. It looks a certain way. It manifests itself a certain way. It's connected to something, right? Back to the source of everything that is. And the devil's playground is this obscure cloud that he, uh, that he convinces people they can exist in. So, like, this is his delight. To keep you in this vague sense of, like, generally goodness so that you don't make any progress. You just stay there. Because you're not actually being intentional, you're just kind of like existing, right? You need to be fully alive to be a saint. You need to like be fully alive. Um, and discipleship, intentional discipleship, it needs clarity, it needs direction. And that's why the church proposes that there should be these systems of support for people in making these types of decisions, right? Um, and here's ultimately, I think, for any of us, the reason why we should be interested in discerning truly in our life. Because we all have this deep desire. I mean, we can call it for God, yes. But like in other forms that it takes is like we want to be full. We want to be fulfilled. We want peace. We want to have something that like that a foundation that we know is firm and we can stand on. Because everything outside of that is kind of frightening. You know, and so the idea is that like our authentic peace, our fulfillment in this life truly is contingent on the way that our will freely aligns to the will of God. And that needs direction. It needs clarity, it needs specificity. So that's kind of what we're going to try and break apart in some ways. Again, it's going to be a little confusing because it's going to be, there's a lot of intertwining between like macro and micro levels. So just bear with me in that. And we're going to have some time hopefully at the end where you guys can ask questions or we can talk about things, you know, um, and break them open a little bit more. So if something is a little confusing, just bear with me, write down some notes and maybe ask a question later on. But um, there's a process for discernment, all right? And again, micro and macro level, all right. First, there's the awareness that something needs to happen, whether it's a change in your life, whether it's a, 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 this desire that you have or like a feeling that you have, like you may be called to something to be a missionary, to be a priest, to be a sister, to be married, to date a specific person, to not date a specific person. Like, these are all decisions. The first is the awareness 
that there is a decision to be made. That's the first thing. We can all be familiar with that. What happens next? Naturally, you need to gather information, right? So you gather information in, in different ways. So we'll break that down a little bit, what that looks like, right? A lot of that is gonna be, um, is gonna like hinge on the community that is given to you for your own journey to, to holiness, right? The gathering information is like, where are you gonna get it from? Well, hopefully for people who think like you and who have the same goals as you, right? If I wanna be a saint, but I'm gathering my information from, you know, the Church of Satan, it's not gonna happen. Right? The idea is like you want to surround yourself with a community and, that, and, and go to the source where that community um, is, 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 is grounded, right? Um, the next thing is obviously like in that intentionality to engage prayer and guidance, right? So you're not doing this on your own. First, your relationship with your Father in Heaven and the prayer that you make is going to be key, uh, but also the guidance. Like what is guiding your decision making? What is guiding your gathering of information? Is it God's word? Is it the advice of someone who is trained to do this? Is it, you know, like people who, again, have the same goals as you? You know, where is this guidance coming from? Finally, an assessment of what you've gathered. Um, but not just like the information, but also like what that information has done to you. How does get this, this newfound information that you've been putting together, what has it done to your heart? What has it done to um, kind of your desire to step in a certain way or not, right? And you kind of, you kind of engage that um, and you kind of sit through that as well. Um, it also will reveal a lot about you. It'll show you like you have a lot more work to do or you have to work on other specific things before even asking that question. That's part of it as well. And then finally, as I said, and this is the most, one of the most important parts, um, truly is to make a decision, to be moved to action. Again, specificity, clarity, direction, action. And there's this great line, uh, Father, uh, now Bishop Robert Lombardo, who is one of the founders of the CFRs, the Friar Franciscans of the Renewal. They're a pretty popular order. I mean, they're pretty, pretty solid. Uh, but they're, they, they do the Poco Poco podcast. If you're into podcasts like that, that's one of their podcasts. Um, the Father Robert Lombardo, who, is, uh, who started another order after that of religious in Chicago, and now he's a bishop and another bishop in Chicago. He's a great guy. But he had this line that um, I heard in the Poco Poco podcast that they said, um, they said that he, he used to tell the, the, the guys who were coming to him, to them, to like try to be part of their community or discern if they were called to that part of their community, to be part of that community. Uh, he would have a line that the line was always, um, it was pretty, pretty funny, but it's, the line is, ever since this sermon has become popular, nobody's made a decision. <laughs> and it's like perfect. As, as a vocation director right now, I'm like, I wish I could just like put that somewhere. Like as soon as, if anybody ever calls or anything, like maybe that should be the line that they get immediately. Ever since the sermon has, been, has become popular, nobody's made a decision. And what he's getting at is, is particular with his order, because his order is so attractive to a lot of young people that like they get, they don't have to do very much by way of recruiting. Like people go to them because they they believe what they're doing. It's beautiful. It's different, um, and so they don't really have trouble with recruiting. In fact, they turn a lot of people away. But part of it is also like him realizing that like when young men were coming to discern with them, 
that, that he noticed that there was this comfort and discernment. The sense of like, I'm trying, you know, here I am. I'm trying to do God's will. I'm here, I'm present. You know, I went out of my way to visit with you guys. And these are good and noble things, but then he realized that that's all it was. Just people like, a lot of guys were just staying in that place of like, oh yeah, look, God, I'm here, I'm showing up. But no decisions ever being made. And that happens a lot. That happens, um, especially like in religious discernment, like religious vocation discernment, where like um, a person is just exploring, exploring, and that period of gathering information just becomes perpetual. And they start praying to our lady perpetual discernment, which doesn't exist, right? <laughs> the idea is like, that is not, that is not proper. That is not, um, that is not healthy either. Because your life, it counts for something. The time that you have here is short. And, and if you spend most of that time saying, oh, I'm just trying to figure it out, like that's, you're, you're wasting a lot of beautiful time. And God wants to do so many beautiful things, but he needs your decision. He needs your decision. So ever since this sermon has become popular, nobody's made a decision. So that's, that's the final thing there anyhow, that you would understand that like, it's not just about going through the process and there's some comfort in that because again, there's this like beautiful sense that like, here I am, I'm showing up, Lord, I'm trying to do your will. Great. Great. Can you make a decision? Can you make a decision? Right? Whether that's like, are you going to marry this girl? Or are you, are you going to finally take that step forward? You know, whatever it is, there's got to be a decision. Without a decision, it's just no matter how, how good you are at gathering information, it doesn't matter. <laughs> if, if you're not going to make a decision in either way, it's not going to lead you anywhere. Right? So um, that's just kind of like, the outline of it. Uh, that, what's my time again? You're doing great. Okay, good. You got well, um, here's some elements of discernment that I want you to kind of I want to share with you. So again, give you kind of like a little bit of an outline of a process of discernment. Here's how you go about like making the, taking these steps to make a decision. Right. Here's some elements that like are intertwined throughout all of those steps. First and foremost, and I kind of hinted at this already, but like the Word of God. The Word of God. That, I, I just can't, can't emphasize that enough. So many of us are guilty of like being so stressed out about like what we're supposed to do with our life and like the decisions that we have to make and the way that we're like, you know, don't have peace and all these things. And then it's like, are you picking up the, the Lord, the, the Bible? <laughs> are you reading the scriptures? The scriptures, you know, God has already spoken. We're like, Lord, give me a sign. He throws the Bible at us and we're like, what was that? You know, like, <laughs> like no, 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 no. Like, Open the scriptures. Open the scriptures. Um, God has already spoken. He's already given us clear directives for discernment and for the way we're supposed to live our life. Like, open the scriptures. The scriptures are the primary and the privileged place for discernment, always, for all of our decision making. This is not in a, always in a literal sense, right? Like, don't go to Leviticus and start like just saying, that's the way I'm supposed to be discerning because you're going to be splitting goats in half and burning the fat on one side. Like that's not, it's not always literal, right? But all of these stories, all of the way that the scriptures kind of play themselves out, leading to Jesus Christ and then to the gospels and to the Acts of the Apostles and the letters, like all of that comes together to reveal to us, here's the way, here's a way that you're supposed to be living your life. And they're going to inform they're going to inform the way that you, um, not just are making decisions, but the way that you're living in general, right? So the scriptures, the word of God, primary and privileged place to inform 
all of these aspects of our life. What I love about it is that the scriptures, they really do um, inform every aspect of our humanity in, in every single way possible. Um, if you, how many of you guys did or tried to do the Bible in a year with Father Mike? Did you make it through? Yeah. Like, how much of that was like, oh, I never even knew that was there, right? But like, at a certain point throughout that year, you realize, wow, this like hits on everything. It hits on everything. Sometimes a little more obscure, and we need someone to guide us through it, or we need to like connect it with like you know the Old Testament and the New Testament. Yeah, it requires a little work, but it's all there. It's all there. Um, moral life, spiritual life, relationality, uh, discipline, perseverance, even those kind of situations that we find ourselves in, tragedy, loss, joy, um, being ecstatic about the love of God, being depressed about not feeling the love of God, being feeling betrayed by God, feeling all these things, it's all there. And like we're, we're afraid that somehow God is saying, don't be honest with me. Like no, like the scriptures, they invite us to do that very thing. Many of us just haven't taken the time to learn from God's word. So that's the first thing in, in all of your decision-making, information gathering, all those steps that we just identified, make sure the word of God is there. The word of God is there, right? The next thing that you need to be aware of is like, again, this is where we get to the very simple things that I, that I mentioned. Um, your state of life has a lot to do with the, the decisions that you should be making. Very simple principle, very simple principle, but again, one that we need to, we need to kind of bring to the forefront again. Uh, for example, I'm a priest, um, and I feel like I'm, I, I don't want to, I don't, I get up in the morning, I'm, I'm tired, I don't want to celebrate Mass today. <laughs> well, very simply, my state of life and my relationship that I'm in with the church and with God and the promises that I've made, well, there's your answer. You need to get up and celebrate Mass today, you know? You're married. Oh, I'm, I'm a married man, uh, but like, there's this girl that like, is not my wife, but like I'm, you know, talking to. Well, there's your answer. You shouldn't be doing that, <laughs> right? Very simply, our state of life will inform our decision making. And sometimes we get ourselves in situations that like very easily can resolve themselves, but we just kind of jump over that. We jump over that. So always think of your state of life. If you're in a commitment, if you're in a specific like relationship, um, even in your own like jobs, and if you're a student, like th that's a state of life. Um, this is where you are right now. Like you need to be committed to that. That your yes being yes and your no being no, right? Um, and, and and that's one of those things that like we disregard, and then we find ourselves in this like chaos or this anxiety because we haven't done the very simple kind of analysis of like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have done that. My state of life says that that is not something that I should be engaged in, right? And we take all these risks and we're like, oh, you know, we'll figure it out, we'll resolve it later and all these things. There's a very simple solution. Now, I say it's simple, it's a lot easier said than done. Uh, trust me, I know, trust me. But ultimately, like, your state of life is going to inform your decision making. And if you're ignoring that, you're gonna create a lot of damage, period. <laughs> That's just the way that it goes, right? Um, uh, another example of that. Okay, like, and, can, and this is where it gets a little complicated because you're discerning between good things, right? It's one thing to say like, I'm in a relationship, I shouldn't be in another relationship. Cool, we can all get behind that, it makes sense. All right, but let's say like, you're a prayerful man, 
and you are you feel like in your prayer you feel like God is inviting you to like sell everything and become a missionary um, in a foreign country um, that's a good beautiful thing well if you have a wife and children you can't do that <laughs> not that simply anyway right but the idea is that again your state of life is going to inform that this is a good thing too but maybe you shouldn't be doing that right now maybe that's not what God is inviting you to right now how do you know your children are all under 10 <laughs> should probably take care of that right now right but the idea is just that your state of life is always going to be a good indicator of like where you should be in the making decisions right on a smaller scale for example you're a student your friends are going out um, to a club or to get drinks let you know they're gonna be out late they're gonna be dancing whatever it is you know nothing wrong with that on its own but if you if you have a test coming up right like you know what the decision is and we all we've all been there like we know better and we still do it but how much energy are we exhausting in cleaning up after our bad bad decisions right and the Lord is just saying to us like okay and there's obviously virtue. Virtue is what's given to us. Um, it's not just something that we, on our own, do. Like we engage virtue, but virtue is given to us um, through the Holy Spirit, right? So, like, yeah, like intentional discipleship says, like, come Holy Spirit, like stir up this virtue in me that I can make this decision. Like, I know I really, I have like incredible FOMO. Like, I don't want to miss out on that. Okay, but like, give me peace, Holy Spirit, right now, in making this decision, and make me put away my phone so I don't see how much fun they're having. Right? But the idea is, the idea is these are very simple things that we just let happen or let pass us by. And there's so much power in invoking the Holy Spirit for the virtue that you need to make a decision, small as it may be. You know? Like, don't be afraid of doing that. Come, Holy Spirit. Give me this specific thing that I need right now. Give me fortitude. Give me courage. Whatever it is, like, don't be afraid to ask the Holy Spirit for that. We undermine how powerful that prayer is. Don't, don't let that pass you by anymore. Uh, it's not magic. It's not going to all of a sudden, maybe there's a special grace that you're going to get every once in a while. But it's you aligning yourself with the life that God is preparing for you and has prepared for you. And that's ultimately going to just become a part of who you are. To the point where, like, I mean, that's the definition of virtue, that it's no, no longer, like, you don't have to, like, think about it anymore. You just do it. It becomes a part of who you are. Like, that is the same thing, the same way that, like, proper discernment will do its job. At a certain point, it becomes such a part of you that it's not no longer like, oh, I'm missing out on things. No, you're, you're at peace with what you are, what you have and what you're doing. And, and you're, you're full, you feel fulfilled in that as well. Um, state of life, discernment, prayer for the Holy Spirit there. Again, kind of intertwining a little bit your desires. Your desires are beautiful things. Desires are a very beautiful, good, natural thing. Um, and I'm talking about desires like on every level, like the, the desire that you have to be fulfilled like intimately. That's a beautiful, good thing. That's a part of every vocation, right? Every every way of life. Um, they they are reflections of God's own love and His God's own desire to be in relationship with us, with His creation, and us with each other, right? God places desires on our hearts. Um, Ultimately, with the goal of that awareness that we desire something beautiful and good to lead us to Him. But, notabene, the devil can distort these desires, which is why when you're discerning through desires, you have to be very careful because 
Your desires are not infallible. They may be strong. They may be powerful. They may burn inside of you passionately, but they're not infallible. And so therefore, they cannot really be the primary way that you make decisions, right? It, it's just not, that's not where you begin, right? Um, so just, we have to be aware of that. These are good things. Even when you're discerning between good things, strongly feel called to be a missionary, but I, I have to abandon my kids for that. Like, no, like, strongly desire, strong desire is not infallible. It can be a very beautiful guiding point, but that's not what you make a decision on, on its own, right? Um, so, uh, and, and again, macro level, relationships, all that, and micro level, think of like, for example, like, I'll give you an example for myself. Like, I was in seminary for nine years, and about a little over halfway through that, I was just so bored. <laughs> I was like, I had been doing the same thing over and over again. Uh, it felt like that anyway. And um, you're kind of ready. You're like, you're at a point where you're like, okay, what am I still doing here? I feel ready to go out there and do all these things, which I wasn't ready. I was just, I thought I was. But um, right after a few years, like I was doing everything that was asked of me, but like I had no more passion. I, I didn't have that same desire that I had when I first went into seminary. Um, became bored and, and, and so suddenly I started finding that like I was kind of cutting corners and I wasn't praying like the way that I should have been praying. Um, and I just kind of, and it just felt, it felt okay because I, I didn't feel guilty about it. I just, so I was letting myself be guided by like, eh, I'm kind of complacent at this point, you know. I'm not doing a bad thing. I mean, I'm still praying, just not like they want me to pray. Or I'm still going to things, but like my heart's not in it. And what ended up happening was I had to like get real and make a decision or start discerning like what that was. I brought it up to my spiritual director. The good thing is I had a good spiritual director who like always encouraged me to be very honest. And he said, all right, what's going on? <laughs> um, and so I told him what was going on. And he says, and I, and I kind of said it like, maybe I'm just not called to this. Like there's nothing there anymore. Like I don't feel like the same thing that I felt many years ago. And I said, like, oh, that may be, but we have to be honest about what's going on. And so he was able to guide me through kind of different ways of understanding what was going on. Was it really God like turning off a switch? Or was it really God like toning down the fire to like as an indicator that like I've come as far as I needed to come in formation and now I need to leave? And that actually happens a lot when guys are in seminary. Like they start discerning um, that they can that they should leave because they they feel a certain way. And again, you can't just go on your feelings in that way, right? Um, you need to assess what is happening in my desires through honesty, through accountability, and proper direction. Don't keep that lot. When you're dealing with desires, do not keep that to yourself. Do not. You want to bring someone in who can help you make sense of that. Because if you have just an interior conversation, like you could very quickly get tangled up and tripped up by like whatever the devil wants you to kind of think or not think. And you're discerning good things. Because my idea wasn't, I'm going to leave seminary and become a drug dealer. My idea was like, I'm going to leave seminary and find a beautiful girl and get married. And have children and like do what, you know, live in the church in that way. Right? I was discerning between good things. But I needed guidance. I couldn't just go on my feelings at that moment. Um, so we have to be sincere about that. And we have to bring it outside of ourselves. To be able to get the proper, when they, when you, especially when you're dealing with desires. Bring it outside of yourself so that you get proper accountability and guidance in what that is, what that actually is. Um, 
the fourth thing is like be aware of I said uh, limitations. That's a very good thing to be aware of. Um, you're here, you're trying to do something, you're trying to be intentional about what, the way you're living your life. You're already, you know, I might preach to the choir at this point. But, but the idea is that sometimes we can get stuck or we can invest energy or we can get drained by like this good thing that we're desiring to do. So part of your own discernment is in, in terms of like, should I get involved in this thing or should I take this on? It's like being aware of your own limitations. And there's nothing more powerful than being having the humility to say, I can't. Like that, that's something that is just so, there's so much grace and power in that because at a certain point it's like we are surrendering to the fact that like we are not God, right? And, and like the prime example is our Blessed Mother. Like the only reason she was able to do any of what she did was because she, she, she led with humility. Okay, Lord, I'm not going to try and be in control of this. It's whatever you want. It's whatever you want. And if you want me to do this, I'll do it. If you don't want me to do it, I won't do it. You know? And so at a certain point, like that's very important for us in our own awareness to also have that sense of like, what are my limits? What are my limits? Am I taking on too much? Too many good things too. You want to be involved in a lot of things, but like, there's only so many hours in the day. And at a certain point, what's going to happen is, is you're going to, like an overextended disciple, I call it, can actually do more harm than good because something is going to suffer. Something's going to suffer. Um, so just be aware of that. So this is kind of a little bit of a interest, again, because it's, you're not just discerning between good and bad. You're sometimes discerning between many good things. Should I wear all these hats in my discipleship? Or am I going to do more if I just take a step back? And allow the Lord to like reveal to me my own limits and how beautiful it is to like rely on Him, right? Um, so again, just there's something very fruitful about that kind of humility. It's not a laziness. It's not saying, well, you know, I shouldn't do anything. No, 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 that's different. It's a matter of like understanding properly what am I actually being called to do and what have I taken on for myself? Because sometimes the ego gets in there too. Like I want to be involved. I want to be upfront. I want to do these things. I want to be recognized. I want to be seen. Be careful with that too. Um, when your ego starts getting in the way, good indicator that you need to kind of sift a little more and understand what's going on there. Finally, um, and this is kind of a nod to um, the CFRs because um, they um, they were talking about this a, uh, a couple months ago. But the idea that like our decision making as Christians again is not just like okay, like should I wear these clothes or should I you know, eat this food or whatever. But even in those, even in, even in those kind of things, like there's there's a kind of a mark of our discipleship and our Christian faith that says that all of our decision making is informed also by the reality that there are needs that are there are great needs outside of ourselves, right? Um, the Christian life, the reason it works is because of the radical way that like. Christianity draws us out of ourselves. That's what it's supposed to be. That's why like, we have this whole sense of like service and like laying down our life and like sacrifice and things like that only is just because we're being drawn out of ourselves, right? And so what we have to do is, is, is kind of be very intentional about the way that we're processing that. Like we exist not for ourselves um, 
or to secure our own life. How many times in the scriptures, in the gospels in particular, does Jesus like get after people because they're trying to secure their own life, right? The rich young man, the man who had all these barns, you know, all of these things. The man who wanted to like go bury his father, like it was a very confusing little thing. But what he was getting at was the sense of like, can you understand that like you need to be drawn out of yourself, right? We exist um, to reflect the same love that God has shown us by pouring out his life for us, right? Uh, by coming to serve us. Um, we exist not for ourselves or to secure our own life, but rather to love and to serve God by loving and serving one another. Your decision-making leads to that. And in a beautiful and micro, micro level, yeah, like that's present, right? Like priest, yeah, to love and to serve others in the church. And there's a sacrifice attached to that. As, as, as spouses, yes, to, to love one another, but also like one of the, one of the goods of marriage is the, the, the way that they are charitable to the needs of the church as well, right? Uh, through good stewardship, uh, through good service, through good witness in that way. Um, and then naturally, obviously, the, the kind of gift and offering that they make to like their children and to like having children and, and bringing children into this life and participating in the life of the church in that way. Like, that's them, that's the, that's the spouses being drawn out of themselves for a greater good. Every act of discernment should include some level or at least a, an awareness or consideration of how the decisions that we are making are going to impact the needs that are around me, especially the needs of the poor and vulnerable. Are my decisions being influenced by the call to serve the needs of the church, right? Uh, am, I, am I being good about sharing my talents, my gifts with the church community? Because in that, we're going to do the most, uh, to, to, I hate that it's the line of, um, is it goodwill? Who is it, doing the most good or something like that? Uh, but what it is, is like, it's really like, you can try and do stuff on your own, but like, you already have a community that like backs you. So like, can you invest into that and make your that, that good desire that God has placed in your heart go that much farther, right? Um, making good, prudent, and just decisions as consumers. Do I really need this very expensive thing? Or can I do something different and then like, find a way to serve or to, to give with the rest of it. Um, and mind you, this is not a commentary on like social politics or anything, please, no, okay? <laughs> I don't have time for that. But, but the idea is not that, it's not, it's not like you're like, you know, uh, being a socialist in that way, it's just that you're literally called to give to another who is in need. That's just part of it. And at some level, big decisions, small decisions, it should have at least an awareness of that because it's going to help you uh, really find that peace because you're not going to find peace by locking yourself inside of yourself and securing your own life. It just is not going to happen because we all know the story of like the, the, the people who have everything but they're miserable. Right? So your decision making is supposed to kind of free you from that in a way because you're supposed to be doing it with that awareness in your mind. right? But what role does charity, and not just like giving to the poor, but like the way that I love and love other people outside of myself, outside of my relationship even, what role does that play in this decision that I'm gonna make, right? Um, so again, that's kind of a little interesting little spin there that I thought was, was uh, beautiful because I don't think I was ever aware of that because I just thought naturally, well, I'm gonna be a priest, I naturally. You know, but even as a priest, you have to be intentional about the way that you are giving. Um, um, charitably, yes, but also like of yourself um, and making decisions in that way. Do I really need this or can I 
offer it in another way, right? So, like I said, hopefully that was somewhat um, easy to follow. If not, I apologize. But the idea is that there's all of these different principles at play, and they intertwine, and it's it's sometimes it's easier than other times. It's complicated, um, and we all have our own specific like scenarios and all of that. But in general, I wanted to give you just some things that like some some basic principles for you to be aware of, and to kind of if you haven't thought about it in that way in the past, uh, to maybe begin to pray with that and to begin to integrate some of it in your own decision making, and ultimately that kind of intentional discerning is going to lead you to where you're supposed to be. If you're being intentional about like the decisions that you're making, like you're just gonna end up where you're supposed to be. Um, if you're doing it informed properly with the right guidance, community, doing it in truth and honesty and sincerity of heart, um, and you're kind of being mindful of the different trappings that you can fall into, you're aware of that, and you know when to call someone in and say, can you help me work through this situation? Um, little by little, this is gonna be what kind of leads you to those bigger moments where you're like, okay, am I supposed to be taking a step in this direction? If you're doing it in small ways, it's gonna naturally make it, you know, it's gonna make more sense when you have to make bigger decisions as well. I'm gonna leave it there. Um, I'm gonna leave it there just to, I, didn't, I don't have any specific questions because like I said, it, it can be a very like broad conversation, but maybe, um, Maybe I, I do want you guys to maybe share some thoughts with each other, maybe at your tables. Maybe give you guys a few minutes to do that, and then I'm happy to open it back up if you guys have any specific questions or insights that you want to share with the others about like a discussion that was had or kind of a point that was made. Um, or um, if you have any questions for me or for Father Joe or for anyone else that, that can help us. So why don't we take, I don't know what's a good time? Um, five minutes? Just kind of like gathering your tables and maybe break some of this open or something, and then we'll gather we'll gather back and uh, continue talking. All right, great, thank you.